It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from on this Sunday morning. Hope your weekend is going well. Breakfast in bed would be nice if you're celebrating your birthday. We'll have a look at those in just a moment. It is August the 27th today and once again coming up we have seven days of real estate. It was another busy week talking plenty of property and real estate around Australia. We started of course on Monday with Hamish Balderston there in Mooloolabar talking about the value for money and the current real estate market there on the Sunshine Coast. It's a really beautiful spot too. And if you are in Malula Bar this morning, good morning to you. And we caught up with the the Joes from the Southern Gold Coast on Tuesday. We spoke to Joe Elwin and Joe Lynch. And we talked about the safety factor of real estate agents, especially women knocking on doors. And then a day later, we were still talking about the Gold Coast, this time with Rob. Dory and he tells us about a $24 million auction that he was successfully involved with there on the Gold Coast and we also spoke with uh, Josh Fitzgerald an architect in Hobart. Now this might be something that you've actually considered and that is the smaller tiny homes well he talks about the design aspect and gives us some of his thoughts regarding tiny homes and on Friday of course we caught up with Arjun Paliwell the head of research from Investigate Buyers Agency and talked about this very crucial supply forecast for Sydney housing over the next five years so that is all coming up in just a moment as I mentioned if you're celebrating your birthday today for August the 27th uh, happy Happy birthday. The designer Tom Ford is turning 61. And Breaking Bad's actor Aaron Paul, he's turning 43. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment, and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. It's the main Centre Forecast. And around the country we go on our Sunday morning and first to Sydney. Good morning to you. We're expecting sunshine today, 20 degrees. Melbourne, another cloudy grey day but no rain in the forecast. 17 is your forecast top. In Brisbane, look at that. Nice blue skies, fine with 25. And in Perth, it should also be a mainly fine day for you as well with 23 degrees. Navigate the world of real estate like a pro with expert insights, opinions and trends to up your game and knowledge when buying your next property. Yeah, I think, look, Mooloolabar certainly, uh, for those that want to be right into the beach, is, is great buying from a house perspective and still relative to your Sydney, Melbourne markets, very cheap for the location. In and around that area, there is also sort of a good townhouse market. 
townhousing units in the area. You can secure sort of three-bedroom units um, for, for pretty good prices under that $800,000 mark. Uh, even two-bed waterfront units, you're sort of well under 700 in a lot of cases. Yeah, I guess interstaters, somebody coming from, you know, the likes of Melbourne, from Sydney, they look at the price uh, entry point into some of that waterfront living. It's just nothing by comparison to Sydney. No, absolutely not. And I've still got a lot of friends back in Sydney and uh, sort of they're selling houses for sort of upwards of two, two and a half million dollars up here. That money would get you a far superior home and also put you in a position uh, that's sort of either on water and potentially even have a little boat out the front. As you get older, if you buy your, <laughs> if you buy your first property in Brisbane, every decade if you go north and live off the profits that you make, so their case was you go from Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast to maybe like a Harvey Bay to then, you know, you, you finally wind up in Cairns. Yeah, and, and it's it's a great point you make too. And I think there's been, I think post-COVID, a, a, a lot of discovery of those little centres all the way up the coast. I know that builders that we've done some work with recently on some developments, they've had a lot of success sort of up Bagara Way, which is just east of Bundaberg and, and those little towns. And, and even Gympie, which is now with the road upgrades, only about 40, 45 minutes out of the Sunshine Coast itself. We're finding a lot of people are sort of moving to Gympie if they can't afford the coast, a lot of younger home buyers, but still being close enough to where they grew up to access beaches and things like that as well. Oh man, Gympie, you know, if you had a bought into Gympie 15 years ago and then uh, be listing it in 2023, small fortune. Yeah, absolutely. It was in our office actually, he was selling land up there over a two-year period on a, a really large development and Todd was sort of ended up selling those from, I think they started at about $75,000 for a, a good size block up and I think his last few sales were well into the high 200s. So that's the sort of growth just over a few years up there. From the emotion of property, the economic inflation, managing your expectations, lack of stock, price growth, construction appetite, days on market. Stay informed with us and know your property. Good morning, Craig. It's beautiful to be with you this morning. Thank you for having us. That's got to be a great marketing ploy, having the same name. <laughs> it really is. We get called the Joes, Joe and Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely caught on. It's a little bit different and um, it seems to be working for us. Honestly, we think we're on the, the right side of the Gold Coast. There's lots of activity. It's a little bit quieter than the Northern Gold Coast. A very strong community village vibes. We're quite partial to this end, obviously, but it is definitely a, a beautiful part of the Gold Coast down here. How long have you guys been working as a team? Look, it's probably about 18 months now, Craig. We, Joe and I actually got together through our boys play for the local football side, the Tugan Seahawks juniors. We got together organically through that. So I said to Joe, how do you feel about going halves in a sponsorship of the footy club? Anything that comes from that, we'll work it together. Well, we did that. We got a couple of listings and then we worked out that we made a really great team and it's just sort of taken off from there. 
Yeah, and it's awesome. Since we have both of you with us this morning, I just want to come back to that door knocking that real estate women are doing by themselves out in their local communities. Of course, it's very, very rare to what has happened to Yanfei Bao in New Zealand, but it has happened before in the UK back in 1986. Susie Lamplu, she was a real estate agent. She had an appointment to show a man a property and has never been seen again. And I guess it's just a timely reminder to all women who work in the real estate industry just to think about that extra level of safety. And let me ask you, what sort of things do you guys ensure just in terms of that caution, especially around door knocking? Yeah, Craig, door knocking is a big part of our business and not just door knocking, but even, you know, um, inspections and private inspections. So you are quite often in a property alone with somebody else and you have to have your wits about you. And we do have something set up here in our office. It's a code word. So if ever we were in a tricky situation, we know that we can ring anybody from our office and just mention that certain code word. Code word can you cancel a meeting with code word? It will be, you know, access to our computers and our calendars to see where we are. It's really important that you you put down in your calendar where you're going. And I also have personally on my own phone um, a tracking device that's set up to my sister's phone that at any time she knows where I am if she logs onto her phone and has a look. Some clients will ask you in and they'll they'll want to show you their home whilst you're there door knocking. It's always a good idea, I feel like, when you're making that initial contact, um, have your conversation and make a plan to go back. Joe and I particularly, door knocking is all about getting an appointment and going back together as a team. So potentially not entering someone's property alone is a great idea. And and you do get invited and people generally are very nice, but it's like you say, it doesn't happen very often, but it's happened. And you do, you just need to be cautious. We don't just report on real estate news. We take you to the source of the information. We produce more property podcasts every week than anyone else. We are your trusted guide for all things real estate. And we've got to talk about, Rob, this massive record, I think, that you actually struck $24 million under the hammer. That's right. Look, and I'm sure uh, some of your uh, listeners uh, in Sydney and Melbourne may see 24 as not necessarily a massive number, but it certainly is for the Gold Coast and Southeast Queensland. So uh, back in uh, July, so uh, not so long ago, 59 the Corso, Isle of Capri. Yeah, 24 million under the hammer. The bidding kicked off at 15 million. We paused at 20.1 and then came back on, put it on the market, and then two uh, buyers in particular bid it out. I think what was interesting is a lot of people always question what price uh, is right for selling property via auction. And I think what we see uh, in Apollo, we do more than 5,000 auctions a year, is it doesn't really matter. Um, I will sell blocks of land for 150000 up in Airlie Beach um, to this one on the Gold Coast that was uh, $24 million, And we had 10 registered bidders at that level and most of them local, which is absolutely incredible. 
What about behaviour after the hammer came down? Anybody sort of smashing their, their paddles in disgust? Now, look, funnily enough, I think in this case, because a lot of the buyers have been there, done that before, and they're buying and selling. So there, there wasn't as much of that. I I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but I do know the underbidder um, went around about $3 million above what they had intended on doing. So the auction certainly did its job in getting people, um, you know, involved, emotionally attached and, uh, and not wanting to miss out. Wow, $3 million over their budget. That's not bad. It's good to be in that sort of a position, Rob. And let's just talk about the the lack of stock. Uh, what can you tell us at the moment? What's happening in your particular part of the world? Yeah, look, we've, we've seen this for a little while now. There's, I guess, uh, maybe a little bit of a holding pattern. And uh, look, this obviously comes about with uh, uh, interest rates that have uh, continued to uh, go up uh, and obviously the, the cost of living. And, and people are just sort of sitting around, not sure whether to sell. A lot of agents uh, that I talk to tell me they've got people that are, that are ripe to sell, that want to sell, but are just a little hesitant. And uh, therefore, we have limited stock. And with limited stock, and we still have a lot of buyers, then that's obviously holding the prices up and assisting with us getting some great results. I think the ones we're not selling are, are still the property. It's, you know, there's only two rules in real estate and that is that sellers always want a little bit more than the market and the buyer always wants to pay a little bit less. So uh, our job is to get them to meet in the middle somewhere. From first-time home buyers to seasoned investors to breaking property news, discover the stories behind the real estate. The rise and rise of these smaller spaces, and tell you what, it's a big talking point. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been at a barbecue, a dinner party, and people sort of bring up the subject about tiny homes. Definitely. Look, we're, we're definitely seeing a rise in demand for smaller, more compact homes of late. People are more interested in the, the level of quality than, um, you know, it's that idea of quality over quantity. Now, you're an architect. How tricky is it, like, because you're dealing with smaller spaces, because on one argument, somebody could say, well, it's got to be easier for an architect because it's a smaller space. But then if you think about it, it can be quite tricky. It can be just as difficult because you're working with that small restriction. Look, yeah, that's definitely it. Look, you've you've still pretty much got to design the whole house. It's just that you're trying to do it in a more compact and efficient manner. And whilst that's hard, sometimes those sort of constraints can lead to some really, really interesting outcomes. So why not just uh, tell us some of those restraints that you have encountered firsthand? Look, I think first up is size. A lot of people assume they need big this, big that. But when you actually grill down to it, you can see that actually I don't need all these extra frivolous items. Also, just just sort of the, the number of spaces. Like, you know, some people think they need to live in, extra bedroom. And a lot of people actually will used to design for the future market. So they'd always think, okay, who, who is the future owner that might buy this off me? Whereas people nowadays are more settled in a sense and you hear this term forever home. And so this is something that they want to live in for a very long time. So they start to design for themselves rather than others. Being smaller, as I said earlier, like it, it's, a, it's a condensed house in a sense. And so you do need to really consider all the elements. There's not really much room for error. So where a larger house might have space where, look, oh, I didn't think of this, I could add this later. You need to have a pretty good grasp of what your brief is and, and what the, I guess, overall desired outcome is. 
You know, I'd like to what you were saying before, and that is all this stuff that you don't need, you think you need it, let's call it crap, let's call it out for what it is, <laughs> you know, all this, all this rubbish, trying to keep up with the Joneses, let's just forget about that, let's just get on with living, and, you know, I think people are pretty smart when they decide to just absolutely trim things back. Yes, look, that's definitely it. Look, we've built a tiny home of ourselves and originally, you know, it, it's got a footprint that suits us now and it could expand. And we were a little hesitant, but in living in that for five years, we were like, this is actually more than what we need a lot of the time. Because building is so, it seems quite permanent um, and immovable. There's this sort of daunting, you know, horizon you've got to work towards that you need to make it perfect. And, and people rather to err on the side of caution. And so they just make things a little bigger, add another space. And it's just really easy to fall into that trap. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. Yes, if we go back to that sort of record high construction period, there was sort of that 42,000 homes built in that 2018-19 and 17-18, which means that if we get to that record high construction period again, we should be okay. However, I don't think we're going to have that record high as an every single year but amount of construction. We're going to see a little bit less. Now, in saying that, whilst there is a bit of a construction undersupply forecasted in the sort of shorter term, if uh, New South Wales and government that's saying they're going to pledge a lot of homes be built in Australia, far more than what's been done in the past, happens, it won't actually cure the whole sort of country for what's needed for housing. I think established stock plays a greater role but it will aid and be in line with some of the demand trends in Sydney specifically. So I guess there's not a huge undersupply in construction in Sydney if they meet what they're pledging and, and it starts to come out in, in the forecast ahead, uh, but it's nothing special that's going to absolutely save Sydney in terms of construction. And what about that 1819, that uptick that you talk about? What's probably the, the biggest fundamental driver, do you think, why we're not going to see that level of uptick? Yeah, so the big story on that massive uptick that happened during that time was just perfect conditions all around. So for example, 2012 to 2017 had the large Sydney boom that took place. And during that boom, there was confidence in all angles. Investors made a huge proportion of stock in terms of the activity. Uh, in fact, finance trends reached up to 50% at some periods where investor take-up was a lot from that perspective. So that means there's a lot of investors who are actively feeding the rental market and in turn buying a lot of new property as well. And then on top of that, you had just a FOMO that was in place from people who felt like with Sydney rocketing away, they were missing out on a boom every year that they waited. And so building approvals, it was easy to sell property, it was easy to sell the concept of buying new property, and then everyone wanting to make sure they got in before, I guess, things got away from them. So that was one big aspect. But the, the main thing as well is that it felt like it was a little bit easier, it felt like it was a bit quicker, and it felt like the approvals translated to completions a lot more in that pre-COVID era, which hasn't been the case in the post-COVID era, but we're hoping for that to change uh, over the years ahead, which would unlock a lot of that sort of red tape, as well as the construction lack of confidence in place right now. 
Have you missed one of our episodes? We have over 500 episodes of powerful real estate interviews, market analysis, predictions and trends. Whatever you are looking for, you'll find it right here. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.